My name is Sean Thomas, and I'm the author of Be More Today, a 40-day guide to a better version of you. As doctor of physical therapy, I've seen thousands of people do great things. They came to me with ailments, physical ailments, pain, issues, and they got through them, all because they decided in their mind they were going to do it. So I wrote a book about it. Your thoughts can make you great, or they can make you crumble. Those thoughts actually control everything in your life. I have three things I want you to do. Starts. Things I want you to start doing in your life that you said you wanted to do at some point in time. You said them. Stops. Things I want you to stop doing in your life, which I know you also want to stop. And three goals for your lives. And I take you through a 40-day guide to make sure you take those thoughts for those three things into reality. Now, I put some workouts in there too. Workouts to keep you always on the move because you got to keep moving. you got to stay focused. So, 40 days. Thoughts, workouts, you. And all I want you to do is trust the process and just be persistent. Visit BeMoreTodayBook.com. That's right, BeMoreTodayBook.com. And I guarantee you, if you just trust the process and be persistent, you too can be the best version of you. What's going on, folks? It's your boy again, back in the building, Dr. Sean Thomas, episode 71 of the Be More Today show. We are back, we are back, we are back in the building. And folks, summer is still here. We are still liming and having a great time, but it's been great connecting with you guys. Uh, I was off last week on vacation, but I'm back. And it's so good to be back in the house with you again. The Be More Today show is heard in so many places 39 countries now trending, trending, trending. So thank you so much for your love and support. It's been great. This journey that I've been taking with you and you've been with me has been amazing. And we've been continuing to inspire, again, ordinary people to do extraordinary things. That's been our mission. That's been our motto. And that's where we've been going for the last couple of years. And my plan for you guys is to show you how I've been taking my steps to greatness to do my own practice and to do other new things. Uh, again, with my book being the foundation of that, Be More Today book. Uh, and other things that we've been putting together, our workouts and whatever else. So if you have not subscribed yet to our YouTube page or our podcast on Apple and everything else, please do it right now. Take that minute and subscribe to our pages. We appreciate love and support. And it's been a great journey just being here with you. My quote for today is simple as always. And it's by Rick Hoban Gunter. And he said, it's not the unknown we're afraid of. We're afraid of letting go of the familiar. Letting go of the familiar. Folks, I already told you, I'm taking this journey myself towards private practice. And the the, the scary part about it, as I met with some of my, my great, great friends this past weekend in Atlanta, um, we had a, a meeting of the minds and we just started talking about some of the things that we have to do to change the mindset from going towards uh, being a part of a company to being the, 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 the person of the company, you know, or being the head of the company and the mindset shift that comes with that. And I'm not gonna lie to you, a lot of that, um, there's a lot of fear in that for me because it's a situation or environment that I have not been in before. It's a situation that I've been talking about and I've been gearing towards and putting the foundation towards, but I have not been uh, in that environment before. I've always been the leader of someone else's thing, but to be the head of that thing, you know, where you're grinding just for you and not for somebody else, that's a whole different story. You know, that's a whole different uh, environment. And we have to be comfortable in letting go of the familiar to get to the place that you want to be. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm letting go of all the stuff that I, I know I can do. Uh, I know that feels comfortable. I know it feels right to get to a place where I want to be 
but it's going to be uncomfortable in the, in the meantime. And it's the same with working out. It's the same with anything you're trying to just be new. It's not going to always feel right when you're trying to get from A to B, especially when you're going through new territory. It's going to feel kind of weird and kind of crazy and kind of different, but you have to just keep pushing. And you have to, again, as I always say, trust the process and just be persistent. So that's what I'm going through right now. I appreciate all of you who are going through that as well. If there's something that you're trying to do, whether it's a new job, new school, uh, new environment, you're kind of thinking about moving to a new house or a new, a new place, listen, it's going to be uncomfortable for a hot second, but I can guarantee you, at least on my end, that it's going to feel better when you get to the other side. Be comfortable in the unfamiliar and let's keep pushing forward towards our greatness. That's my quote, my push for you guys today. I hope you guys received that. And my guest on the show today embodies that in so many ways. She is an entrepreneur uh, uh, on so many levels and has been through territories where she has felt the familiar and gone through the unfamiliar to get to where she wants to be. She's my cousin. She is family, yo. And her name is Soraya Foy. And I'm just reading you her bio because her bio is insane. So please listen here. Soraya Foy is the founder and CEO of AEL Group Incorporated, Lux Escapes for All Concierge Travel, and Tropical Sunshine Corporation. Soraya has a master's in business administration from Metropolitan College of New York and a bachelor's of arts from Trinity College in Hartford, Connecticut. After spending 15 years working for various New York hospital systems, Soraya decided to utilize her talents and start her own consulting company, EAL Group Incorporated, specializes in helping businesses in the health and service industries better serve their clients through quality initiatives, expansion, and project management. Capitalizing on her organization and negotiation skills after planning her own destination wedding, Sreya became a certified destination wedding specialist with DestinationWeddings.com. Two years after, she decided to expand and started her own travel agency, Lux Escapes, for all concierge travel. Soraya believes that everyone should experience the ability to travel, specializing in curating memorable vacations for clients at all price points. Tropical Sunshine Corp has founded, was founded on the principles of health, holistic living, and global partnership. As an avid traveler, as avid travelers and, and vegans, Soraya and her husband, Eric Foy, loves to explore different cuisines, fresh produce from the places they visit. Two years ago, they began their CMOS journey. CMOS, as you guys didn't know, is a type of algae which has been part of the human diet for thousands of years. Historically found in the Caribbean and in Ireland, CMOS has been used medically and in other cultures for decades to treat conditions ranging from coughs and infections to low libido. CMOS contains 92 of the 102 minerals that we need to feed our bodies. Truly a superfood, the Tropical Sunshine CMOS Gel Company mission is to share the endless benefits of CMOS at affordable prices. Now, Soraya could predict, could not predict that she would be running multiple businesses, but the marriage of the three companies together has come down to her passion for serving others. Whether it's consulting, planning a vacation, or making CMOS, Soraya wants all of her clients to receive the quality that they deserve. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pets included, please welcome to the stage my cousin, fam of all fam, and the mastermind behind three businesses, Soraya Foy, cuz... What's going on? Hey, it's so good to be on your podcast. I'm a big, big fan of Be More today. Uh, I actually have read the book multiple times. I reference it all the time. And if you have not gotten it, please treat yourself to some self-care and discovery with this book. I really appreciate that. It, it's it's always fun when my guests have actually read the book because I feel like they have a better understanding of where I'm coming right. from. Right. And I know that you've read it, so I appreciate you taking the time to do that. Uh, it, it means a lot. It means a lot. 
Um, and thanks for being on the show. Listen, we have so much to talk about. You are incredible. You know, we're, we're cousins. We grew up together. Um, you know, on my dad's side of the family. And yes. we didn't see each other a lot. In the, we when did, we were little, yes. We yeah, spent a lot of time. It was exactly. like three the hard way. It was me, you, and Jay. And then you moved away and we didn't see each other a lot, but we always had the bond, you know, like we both went to private school. We both were in those, in those settings. And we, we always had each other's back no matter what. Like it was kind of like the friend that you have that you don't speak to all the time, but you know, they're there when you need them. That's, that's us. That's Facts. definitely us. Facts. Couldn't say that myself. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I've seen you grow and do so many things, you know, from afar and looking mm -hmm. at it now that we're adults and we're older and, you know, it's just amazing to see the, the growth that you've taken and the growth that you've done to expand, not just from where you've been, but to three companies. I want to talk about those three things today because I think they each are amazing. So first of all, first of all, talk about EAL Group and what is it exactly and, and how did they come about given the work we did before in the hospital system? Right. So I came from a healthcare background um, from from college, I was interning at Harlem Hospital. That was my first hospital job. And then I just knew I was going to be a filmmaker. So get this. I thought I was going to be a filmmaker. I have an undergrad in religion. I just knew I was going to be editing to someone's film. I went to Trinidad to study film and culture. So I just thought that was what I was going to be doing. I got out of college. I was like, eh, that's not really happening. But I always knew healthcare. My parents were in healthcare. I grew up across the street from the hospital. I loved volunteering. So I had that background. And then I took some time, I worked in media for a little while, and I got my first hospital job, like as an adult, at Interfaith Hospital in Brooklyn. It's a very small hospital in a very underserved community. And I tell anyone who asks me, what, how did you get to the point where you are in healthcare? I said, that was my Harvard. That's the Harvard of my healthcare education. Um, I learned so many things there about population, service, um, just a lot of different things. It was a new model. I literally started a program from the ground up with ladies, women's health program. Um, in the middle of basically bed sky and prospect wave. Um, so that was how it started. And I, I had a passion for it because I love helping people. That's what I saw. That's what my family taught me. Like my mom was in service, my dad, um, my granny, like everyone, you know, they got just, it was, they had a heart for service. So that was, that was a passion for me. And then I moved on to pediatrics. And so I went to just so many different service lines, but primarily it's been in, in women's health and pediatrics. I did some eye some specialty, I've worked with doctors, but at that point, about five years ago, I was working at the hospital, I was running maternal child health, which is women's health, OB and pediatrics inpatient. So I saw a lot of things I wasn't happy with, women dying, children in the NICU, and I just wanted to marry the two services so that it was a comprehensive service for the mother and the child. Um, I loved the work I was doing there, but I was spending a ridiculous amount of hours at work. And I was, just had a newborn baby. And I, I was missing all the fun stuff that happens with having a newborn. So I was like, I don't want my kids to be raised by my babysitter. Something's got to get. And out of nowhere, um, a, a contact of mine was like, we have this grant. It's project management. It's doing DISRIP. So DISRIP in New York was a program basically to reduce Medicaid spending in the ER. There's so many people who don't have insurance or are underinsured. And instead of going to a primary care doctor, they run to the ER with things that are avoidable asthma, diabetes management, hypertension, those are all things that can have been avoided from an ER visit. So that was basically the program and the grant. I left, it was a leap. It was a consulting job. There was no insurance involved. It was a lot of, you know, variables. And I was buying a house at the time. I literally was closing on my house at the time. And all that was really scary. I was like, am I going to be able to pay my mortgage? How am I going to, like, where am I going to get healthcare from? Is this a good decision? 
but the the draw was I could work from home. It was remote. I was not in the office all the time. I was traveling to different places, which excited me. I'd be doing quality working with physicians and I'd be able to spend more time with my kid. That was the flexibility I was looking for. So I took a leap of faith and I went and three, four years later, I have my own company. So EAL Group is basically a consulting company for any business, but really in healthcare to help you maximize your quality, know your population, grow in a way that you can benefit your patient, but also be successful because now you can't just be a doctor. You can't be a specialist just anymore. You have to be a specialist and a business person. You have to know front end and back end. You can't just do your specialty and that's it and rely on someone else to run your practice. So for me, all that learning and being around these different doctors and the grants I was writing, that helped solidify a different, a different passion that I had in healthcare. I was always front face-to-face with the patients, but being on the back end and knowing what the patients go through, I was able to communicate that in a way to the doctors that was really helpful. So that's what basically. Yeah. Wow. Listen, that's definitely a pivot. And, you know, it's funny because I'm, I'm in that realm right now. You know, I've been practicing physical therapy for the last 10 years. Right. Um, I know my craft, you know, right. when, it, when it comes to seeing patients, like I've seen everyone, all ages, et cetera. And now that I'm branching out towards um, entrepreneurship and doing my own business, I've, I've learned now, you know, as a director, you learn about how the business works, right. but that's still under the umbrella of someone else's business. The risk, you know? the risk is on someone else. Right, right. So when the risk is on you, as you're talking about now, it's a whole different mindset. It's a whole different thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm learning still more about that, but the fact that your company gives uh, 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 lessons and 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 instruction on how to really put that together and package that together. I think a lot of people can benefit from that, including myself. Because yeah. again, most of us are not taught that when it comes to school. We're just literally taught the basic about how to treat or how to do your craft. When it com- comes to actually putting that craft into the world or running a company, running a business, or actually you know the nuts and bolts of it and how a thing to actually work, that's on the fly. And a yeah. lot of people are afraid to really take that leap to do their own thing, and that's why they just do their whatever else for under anybody else because it's just comfortable yeah. familiar etc it's safer it's more reliable but I, I i think that your idea has been great because it really gives people the opportunity to say look this is how you can do things on your own and this is how everyone else who's doing what you see doing this is how they do it i don't know if they have these courses in med school and then specialty um, practice in healthcare but like i think residents and anyone who's interviewing as a provider should get like a business of healthcare class it shouldn't just be what your you know what your specialty is and the clinical side it should also be the 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 business side because that's the only way you're going to be successful even if you are working for a hospital system or in somebody else's practice you're going to need to know what are insurance payers what you know what is a quality heat is measure what is risk those kind of things are important because you need to be able to maximize you don't want to work for free obviously you want to be able to see your patients but and be quality but you don't want to skimp on the fact that you have to run a business. You're in charge of other people. You have right. employees that re- rely on you. And if you're not successful, they're not successful. Right. Right. Completely agree. What are some of the quality initiatives that you see some of your clients come in and they have questions about, you know, how to run certain things? What are some of the tips that you give them in terms of people who are either trying to start their own business or trying mm-hmm. to maximize what their they ability have. to relate to patients? I think it depends. It's two, it's two categories. So we have providers that have been in the in the business 50, 60 years, 30, 40 years, and then we have newcomers. I think for the newcomers, they're a little more business savvy than the older practitioners. But I think that the move that, you know, 10 years ago, it was like you want hospital missions, you want people to be in for that, 
that's where the money was on the inpatient side. Outpatient just became a, a bigger thing in the last 10 to 12 years. You know what I mean? So you, the insurance company, the government, everyone wants people to be healthy. They don't want people to stay in the hospital overuse. They don't want overutilization. They want you to be healthy and they want you to have a team around you that is keeping you healthy. You get the healthier your patients are, the better your practice is going to be, right? So I would say that if, and, and wait times, because also the insurance is going to measure you on how long the patient is waiting, how long it takes for them to get an appointment with you, or do you have a long wait list? Do you have a long appointment uh, scheduling? All those things are important. So, and you're measured on that if you're with any insurance plan. And if you're on your own and you're not in like an IPA or some kind of um, body that's going to negotiate the contracts for you, you need to be on top tier level. You don't want to be below a certain percentage or the insurance will drop you. So it's very important that you know your population, that you know what the measures for your specialty are. So for something like physical therapy, you know that the person's coming because they had a fall, they're a fall risk, they had an injury, and they're going to have a set amount of time with you um, and that you need to help them recover in some way. But you also, you don't know what other medications they're on. You don't, you may not know because patients are very iffy. They sometimes tell one doctor one thing and another doctor another thing. And I'd say if you're in a community, find out who the other doctors are in your community. See who the internist is. See who the diabetic, diabetic um, endocrinologist is. See who the other doctors are and maybe get into a, a network where you can have a comprehensive care team so you all know what's happening with the patient and you're checking, you're checking off these measures and everyone gets those quality incentives. That's what I definitely, for any doctor um, and any specialty, new or old, that's what I would suggest. For older doctors, I would say, clean up your front office. Make appointments available. If you don't have an EMR, use an EMR. It's very late to not be having an EMR. Train your staff on customer service. Know what the insurance plans are offering. And if you're an internist, you should be knowing what all the heatest measures are and how you can maximize that. They, the insurance will literally pay you just to keep your patient well, to make sure they come for a well visit. That's a no-brainer. And most people are doing that. I think a lot of the stuff on the very clinical side is documentation. Um, but for a specialty like yours, just knowing who's in your community case conferencing, meeting other people in your industry. If there's a person who says they make a boot, see what the boot is, you know, like that's the kind of things that I think are incentives for your specific specialty, but that's what I would suggest to any provider that they just um, know their population because if you have a very commercial population, the, the measures may be different than your Medicaid population. If you're a Medicaid doctor, you need to know the ins and outs of Medicaid reimbursement. So you're, you're doing what you need to be doing to get all the incentives for you and the patient. Same yeah. with Medicare as well. Yeah, no, all good advice. And I completely agree with all those things. I think the the holistic approach is one that I I began my healthcare journey with when I was at Mount Sinai mm -hmm. Hospital doing like research and education for HIV patients, what have you, and meeting with the doctors and the social workers and the case team. I just saw that. And I, I right. and my job was at that time was to link our hospital Mount Sinai with the community. So various places that we're in the East Harlem network, I would basically go out there and talk to them about our program. But I think a lot of that gets lost when it comes to the practical end of healthcare, when it comes to treating clients and treating patients, especially because right. everything is so fast paced, it's so based on revenue, it's so based on, like you said, EMR and, and, and right. visits, et cetera. So that gets lost in terms of everyone coming together and talking about the patient. And, you know, my, my, my vision and my goal, I don't want to share too much of it on the podcast, clearly, right. but it's to have like a more holistic approach to to healthcare and to incorporate, you know, PT and OT and medical and mental health and, and personal training all together and under one body. And right. to use that as the 
the, the catalyst to make sure people can be treated holistically. So you would go to a place and basically get all those services at one time, or at least be able to refer if right. needed to have a team of people coming together to say, look, I know your arm hurts, but you know, your arm hurts because of this. Let's do PT for this. All right, cool. You play baseball. Okay, cool. Maybe you need like a, a coach now to right. get your mind right, to be able to go back on the field without the fear you have. Okay. So, you know, you go see the psychiatrist or psychologist or the social worker or whatever else. And then you have a medical person who's going to make sure that you x-ray and your, your documentation for that is going to be done. So it's a holistic approach basically baked to how people can get better. Um, and I think that gets really lost in terms of our healthcare system because there's so many things that are based on dollars and cents that it gets hard to focus on the care and quality, like you just mentioned. Um, yeah. So my question for you now is when we talk about project management, because a lot of these things are just because they're not managed well, right? We have a right. system where everything is like based on X's and O's, dollars and cents, and EMR, like you said. But sometimes if the plan of management is just laid down better, um, patients can get better, uh, teams can come together and not be so competitive, but can be more community-based. How do you work in terms of sharing project management skills and tools for your clients? I think the best thing that I ever did was about two and a half years ago, I took a change management course. I mean, in our industry, though, a lot of people focus on something called Lean, Six Sigma. Those things are like um, project management and utilization techniques to streamline processes, right? Um, but I never, I mean, Six Sigma is very popular, so it was lean, but change management is something very different. It's a science where you're, you have a project, you know what the aim of the project is, but you can't get a project off the ground or even make it successful without the people behind it, right? So sometimes what you're doing is not a only a process issue, it's a change issue. It's how the workers, the doctors, the front desk, the administration think about the process and are they gonna buy in to make the, pro the project successful? So I think for me, um, I was working on a big project. It was a, a technology project and you know some people are resistant to technology. So figuring out what the resistance was, what the, what's in it for me, how is this gonna make my life easier? How is this gonna improve my quality and my patient care? That mindset change was what, what propelled the project along because we had a lot of hiccups. And a lot of that, we couldn't understand why it wasn't driving. And I said, wait a minute, this is a change management issue. This is not a process issue. This is a mindset issue. So, you know, for instance, as you said, a lot of people don't understand that there are a lot of psychosocial things that happen on the background for patients. Like you may think your patient is just horrible and they never come to appointments on time, or they always miss appointments and you're frustrated with them. They don't listen to your advice. It may not be that they don't want to. There may be some psychosocial issue outside of your appointments, outside of the time you spend with them, that is calling them not to be their 100% their self and committed to the process. And that understanding that everyone has a cultural difference, a, a life issue, it could be a food disparity issue. It could be, I can't afford medication. I can't afford the bus to get to your appointments. Those are things that are real life things happening to people across the country, damn near across the world. And that's what we need to be more understanding about. You have to understand that you got to meet people where they're at sometimes, especially when it comes to patients, especially when it comes to an underserved community. You have to meet them where they're at. So I feel like that training is important, change training, and also diversity and sensitivity training, I think. I think that when you go into a community that's unfamiliar from yourself, especially if we have a lot of residents coming, and they don't always, as a resident, you may be coming to a hospital, but that's not where you live. That's not where you grew up. You don't know the population. You have to come without bias and you have to come ready to serve and understand that they may not have the same background as you, but they deserve respect 
quality care and your commitment to help them be their better, healthy selves. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. And I, I think that that is exactly where I want to take this, this whole initiative I'm trying to do and just put all those things together um, in a holistic way that can basically help people uh, um, no matter what they're going through. And, I, and I, in fact, there's so many, like you said, so many levels of, of things that we don't really talk about because you can't, you don't really document that kind of stuff. Usually when it comes to, you know, right. when it comes to, for, for a session, you just talk about someone's pain levels and how they're feeling, subjective, objective, what they did, and then they're gone. But there's so many things like you said behind the scenes that if we had someone else who was trained in this or in that, that can actually be part of the holistic approach to saying, look, they're doing really well, but part of the problem is, yes, whether it's financial, whether it's emotional, whether it's something else. And then if those things are addressed, then we can see changes and improvements in terms of their physical capacity or in terms of their energy to do certain things. So that's definitely where I want to go. And I'm excited you brought that up because it just reminds me that um, I'm going in the right direction for where I want to go. And I think that this, this, uh, this mindset of holistic treatment of or holistic care is something that is not new clearly, but can no. definitely be revolutionary in terms of various professions. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, yeah. Listen, you, you, you've done so many things with um, the company uh, EAL group and I'm impressed by it, but you've also started two other companies and I want to talk about tropical sunshine corporation first, because okay. just in the, in the, in the, in the lens of talking about holistic uh, living and health, um, and global partnership, as you said, uh, as the principals of this company, uh, CMOS, as you know, I've, I've known and talked about before, yes. but didn't know so much about the the uh, um, the things that are great about it in terms of the minerals and, and the vitamins that we can benefit from. Talk a little bit about, about uh, Sunshine Corporation, the CMOS behind it, and, and how the principles of health, holistic living, and global partnership come together to make this business work. So for me, I, at one point I was really stressed out. I was working a lot of hours and I was like suffering from all these like random inflammatory rashes. Like I would eat something and I'd break out in hives and like my whole leg would be swollen. It'd be, it was really weird. No one could tell me why. I had a million tests on food allergies, this, that, and the other. And I went to a ENT who was like a holistic ENT. She treated a lot of like theater folks in New York. And she was like, I'm going to give you a test. But she's like, I think you have a yeast allergy. I think you're allergic to yeast. I think you have a candida overgrowth and you just need to do a whole cleanse. And I'm sure that's going to be helpful. And it was, it was very restrictive in the beginning, but true to life, it did help me get rid of some of the inflammation. But it still would happen randomly, even though I don't eat meat and I try not to really eat too many carbs. Like carbs are a vegan's best friend because you figure I don't eat meat. I can eat what I, you know, I can have fries all the time. No, not, not good. You'll be a fat vegan. So you'll be an overweight vegan if you do that. So I definitely um, was moving towards a more holistic approach because this doctor really showed me that it was food that was making me sick. It was this yeast from bread. It was certain vegetables. Um, even certain fruits were helping to contribute to this, this allergy that I had. Um, so I did that. And people just kept on telling me about sea moss. And my husband was buying like a powdered sea moss. And I was like, what is this? He's like, no, I'm telling you, you should try it. Like he tries anything. He's on a million different, you know, powders, drops, everything. And sometimes I'm just like, okay. But I'm like, you know what? Maybe he's right. Let me try this out. I'm like, I'm going to buy fresh sea moss. So I go to the Caribbean market in my neighborhood. I buy it. I go on YouTube. He sends me a YouTube video. I'm like, I could do this. So the first couple of months, it was weird. I was like, it's good for me, but it doesn't taste great. I don't like it consistently. I don't like the texture. Yeah. I feel amazing, but I got to fix this. So I just started like just working on it. 
till it became palatable for me. And then I would like, oh, you know, I would say someone came to my house, try this new mask. And they're like, this is amazing. You should sell this. This is in the middle of quarantine, right? So I'm like, sell it. I mean, who's going to buy it? Like, who's doing that? And my friend was like, she's a business person. Um, and she was like, you need to do this. Just even if you start out small, do it. So I want to say almost two years ago in May, I just started selling my CMOS in different tropical flavors that I was just making for myself, really. And my inflammation is gone. I have hella energy. I don't drink coffee. I haven't drink, drunk coffee in, I want to say, maybe two and a half years. I quit coffee and CMOS is what I drink every morning. I mean, I drink tea, green tea, matcha tea, but I don't drink coffee. And I had a very bad coffee addiction. I was drinking like two, three cups a day. So um, when you have a small kid, you need the energy to be running around. But the CMOS really keeps me. Um, I only take one multivitamin now. And it's great. I mean, it's good for your digestion. It's good for your skin, um, your muscles, inflammation, the lower diabetes. It has so many endless benefits. And it really is a superfood. You can put it in your teas, your smoothies. I put it in my son's oatmeal. He has no idea. I put it in, um, I made a dressing at one point. I make gummies. I make a supplement now. I make CMOS gummies. They're vegan gummies. We make ginger, honey, and apple. It's for people who like are just introducing themselves to CMOS and they're like, I don't have time to make smoothies. I'm just going to pop one in. Um, sometimes I say make like a tea bomb and you just pop it in your tea and it dissolves and there you have it. So I'm just trying to make it easy for people who want to get the benefits of CMOS, but don't necessarily, um, I do sell it in its pure form, which is dry in two different kinds, which is gold and purple. I get it from St. Lucia. And, you know, for people who want to make it themselves, more power to you. But most people, most consumers are just like, I just want the gel. I just want everything done for me. I found the flavor I like, make it, and that's it. So we make everything by hand. Um, it's to order. And it's basically whatever the flavors that you're interested in. We do take new flavor suggestions all the time. Um, one of our newest flavors is soursop. And I'm sure you know soursop. I hated soursop. I'm not a soursop fan, but in the sea moss, it's delicious in my tea. It has so many benefits. And I just was like, please, anyone who wants something new, tell me. I'm willing to try it. I'm willing to try new flavors for anyone. But it's an amazing product. Um, and I just want to be able to share it with people. In terms of sustainability and global partnership, for me, it was finding the right CMOS vendor um, that had authentic CMOS. And, and I'm sad because I wish I could go to more places because CMOS has grown not only in St. Lucia, it's in Jamaica, it's in Grenada, it's in um, Trinidad. There's so many places that CMOS has grown, like in different kinds, you know, different quality CMOS. Um, and for me, it was all about the quality. Once I got my, my process and the texture, the feel that I wanted, I'm like, no, I need to get top tier CMOS. So we offer gold and purple full spectrum CMOS. I get it from a great vendor in St. Lucia. And part of my onus was that I wanted to make sure it was from a sustainable CMOS farm, that it was going to be helping the community in St. Lucia, that it wasn't going to be destroying the ocean, that it wasn't going to be causing the ecosystem to be disrupted. Those are things that are important to me, like global partnership and sustainability for the whole entire. I don't want to ruin CMOS for everyone. That's that's That was important to me. I don't know about where other people get their CMOS from, but for me, that was an important factor. So I researched, I talked with the owner. I'm like, how do you, what's your process for your CMOS? How do you get it? How does it benefit your CMOS farmers? Those are things that are important to me. And over the long haul, I would like to be able to travel um, to the other places where CMOS is grown and have a relationship with them and get other types of CMOS, not just St. Lucian CMOS. So that's a long-term goal for me. But yeah, I feel like it really has changed the way I look at my own health. Um, just to be able to, the body can heal itself. 
you, you, it's a two-part thing. I'm not saying you can not only live a holistic life. You need to see a medical doctor. But, you know, I was pre-diabetic. My, on our family side, on our grandma's side, on my father's side, diabetes on both sides and hypertension. I'm a vegan. What do I, I'm not eating anything terrible. So when I found out I was pre-diabetic, I was devastated. Like my whole reason for being a vegan for the last 20 some odd years, I mean, vegetarian to vegan now, um, was that I didn't want to have health issues like my grandparents and my, and my parents. My mom also is diabetic now from having cancer. And, you know, some of those things you can't escape, but with a diet and exercise and healthy living, you can stop the effects of some of the things that you may be predetermined for. Yeah. And that's a great chapter in your book as well. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, you, as you know, I shared my my pre-diabetic uh, experience. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's funny. I've talked about that on the show a couple of times, just how no matter what you do, um, you know, there's certain things that are just inherent. They're just genetic. Yeah. And you can live a great lifestyle healthy. You, you know, you can work out as much as I did. You can eat as healthy as you did. But sometimes those genes are just those genes. Right. And pre-diabetes um, or pre-diabetic pre was, for, at least for me, an eye-opening experience. Um, yeah. And I changed my diet as well. I'm, I'm not vegan, but, uh, you know, just in terms of my carbs, like you said, those carbs, those carbs can get right. you. And like Every you said, time. even though you feel like sometimes you're doing so well because you don't eat meat and whatever else, I didn't right. really eat meat at all, you know, didn't really drink, all, all kind of things. But those those sugars that can come in from other things, like even condiments and 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 the carbohydrates, those can definitely take a toll on you. So um, knowing your your disposition, your predisposed disposition as well, and knowing exactly what you need personally, like you said, you so that that person who told you to stop eating, you know, those certain things, and that did change your life. I think a lot of people can benefit from that. From that, and sea moss, I had no idea uh, of the benefits of it, and I yeah. do love soursop to uh, the core. Gonna, of my I'm going to send you some. I'm going to mail you. Some. Well, actually, I might see you some. So I'm going to have some on deck for you because honestly, I made a tea. I don't use sweetener for any of my things. I just put yeah. my sea moss in there. I made a tea with like citrus and soursop, and I let it sit in my fridge in a jar. It was so amazing. Hassan and I. I was like, Hassan, back off my tea. It's so delicious. <laughs> I don't want to share. It was so great. And it was good because with everything happening now with the pandemic, right. it, you really need to keep your immunity up. I yeah. mean, vaccinated, not vaccinated, you need to be able to keep your immune system up. There's so many things that we're battling and those simple things are great for your immune system. Yeah, you really, yeah. Really I'm glad you share that because a lot of people, you know, the whole vaccination, whatever, that kind right. of can go a whole different route. But yes, regardless, immune system should be up at all times. We should be right. definitely taking our vitamins and care of ourselves and not just relying on masks and vaccines, but also just make sure we take care of our bodies. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, I've been saying that on the show for the last two years with this pandemic, but I'm glad that you're reinforcing it now and recognizing that uh, living a healthy lifestyle, I'm not just talking about health and health care as, as a profession in terms of what you do, but right. also just living that life. Those two things have to be hand in hand. I'm glad that you're doing that uh, in more ways. I 100% than more. agree with you. And I stand by that, keeping yourself up because we got COVID last August. And we were terrified because we didn't know what was going to happen. People were dying left and right. And I totally attribute our success with having a mild COVID to our lifestyle and our diet. I mean, yeah, we quarantined for two weeks, but really only one of us got pretty, I, I had zero to no symptoms. I lost my taste and smell. My son had really nothing. He had a fever one day, but you know what, going out in the backyard, getting sun every day. Walk, just walking around the backyard and making sure that I was keeping my immune system, taking teas, taking juices, making sure I was moving because when you're stagnant, 
that's when it can get worse. I really 100% believe that if you can get some fresh air and go out, you can't make it to the gym, but you have a yoga mat at your house, do something. 20 to 30 minutes a day can change your life. It doesn't take much more than that, really. You heard it, folks. Facts. These are facts. So, Ray, yeah, one more business I want to talk about, and uh, it's Lux Escapes for all concierge travel. Now, I am someone who has not traveled in the last two years, three years. Actually, my passport expired. It's a whole other story. Oh, I didn't know it yeah. Expired. It expired at the end of 2019. Wow. And, um, you know, I hadn't really traveled anywhere, and then COVID hit in 2020, and I was just, like, busy, busy with work and whatever else. So the last thing I looked at was my passport. Um, so I sent it out there. It's, it's being processed. Um, but for those who are looking to travel, um, you have this corporation. And mm -hmm. I want you to talk about what that is and how you have incorporated your love for travel into this small company now. I honestly say that travel is like self-care for me. I need to go somewhere at least one time a year, at least, at least one time a year. Um, seeing new places, doing new things, being in new environments is like soul feeding for me. So I just feel like everyone should experience seeing somewhere else outside of your four walls, outside of your city. Um, so just, it helps you cultivate, cultivate experience, right? And that's why I don't like to pay it's just a vacation. I like to say it's a memorable escape. Like I want to curate this experience for you. I'm not just a travel agent. I really think about what you say you want to do and how I can make that happen for you on an international global scale. Even if you're just going to Texas, I'm going to find some way for you to be say, oh my God, this is the best vacation I ever took. Um, for me, I think it was scary. My business suffered a lot the first year of uh, COVID because nobody was traveling. And I basically, that's how CMOS came. I had to just put that down for a little while because in my heart, I didn't feel like it was safe enough for anyone to go anywhere. And I'm not going to send you anywhere that I wouldn't go, right? This year, travel has picked up immensely with people being vaccinated and being more um, willing to go and travel. But I would say no matter what your vaccination status, or even if you've never been traveled, just kind of do your research or work with a travel agent. Um, there's so many nuances to travel right now and with insurance and, and never knowing what's going to happen with COVID, anything. I say get a travel agent. It doesn't really hurt you. They're not expensive to use with. Some don't even charge you for their services. It's a back-end situation. But you really should do your research about any place that you want to go. And so the top 10 things I would say is, Go, I feel comfortable going to places where they have some kind of restriction in place, some type, right? So my favorite place in the world that I literally want to retire to is Aruba. I go to Aruba at least once a year. I go other places, but at least once a year I go to Aruba. I love Aruba because they take their, their tourism very seriously and they take the safety of not only the travelers and the tourists, but their country, right? So in order to go to Aruba, you have to get tested. Is it a big deal for you? No, you can get a test free anywhere. You just need to get a PCR test three days before you depart. You load it up onto their, to their load. They give you a card. You get there, fine. You know that mostly everyone on your flight has gotten tested and they're, and they're negative for COVID, right? So that's the first safety precaution. When you get there, they have places where you don't have to wear your mask on the beach. They have very good social distancing. And now they have some new rules in place. You can keep up with that. That's not a big thing. And as you know, if you're coming back to the U.S., you have to get a test. No matter where you go, you have to get a PCR test to return back home safely. So you know, that, you know in that way, you're not bringing germs back home. Um, most places across globally are giving you a test as part of your stay. Either they're giving the test on site or they have a lab they're using. So people shouldn't really worry about that. That is handled before you even leave for your destination. In terms of families, I still think um, Jamaica is a nice place to go. 
Mexico, Aruba, as I said. Um, Florida is getting better, but Florida is having an issue right now, as we all know, because of COVID. So I, I would say, you know, be leery, be safe, practice common sense. But for me, I don't really push theme park vacations at this time. I just think it's too many variables personally, but I feel like if, if you're going to go somewhere, you can go internationally. And I feel like you're just going to be just as safe as if, if not more than you are here. Honestly, I feel like the, the destinations really are pushing to have safety protocols because they know tourism is kind of their, their bread and butter. So they need to make sure that it's safe for all the guests. And there are lots of um, themed hotels in different destinations. In Mexico, they have a Nickelodeon resort. You can take your kids, everything, SpongeBob, all the Pirates of the whatever they have there. Everything's there for the kids. In DR, they have a Nickelodeon. They have um, a couple of different resorts that are themed for families. That you can have an all-inclusive experience. Your kids will have a great time and you know that you'll be safe. Awesome. Awesome. Those are all great trips. Those are all great tips. Yeah, and I need and to get, go And own. get travel insurance. That's the number one thing. Oh, it's a yeah. small cost up front, but it'll save you in the back end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so listen, you, you've talked about your three companies, your three businesses. you Found a way to mesh all these three things together. How do you balance this stuff? What's the secret? Um, and you know, also you you know you're a mother, so you know how do you balance all these three things together and to have them all be into in individually so successful? I feel like um, no one sets. I don't. I don't know. I mean, some people are born say, "I want to be my own boss. I want to be an entrepreneur." I don't think I ever said when I was when I thought I was going to be a filmmaker. I mean, that I guess that's entrepreneurship, but I didn't say, oh, I want to have three businesses. I think it kind of just came like organically. Like I want to say my very first business I ever had was like event planning and after works. And that was when I was in grad school. But I think part of that entrepreneurial spirit was like taught to me, like passed down. Like all of my family members, including your grandmother, had a side business of some sort. Like I saw that hustle very early. Um, and it, whether it wasn't their full-time business, but it was something else that they were doing. And I, even when I had full-time jobs, I always was doing something because I was always passionate about something outside of my nine to five. So I just feel like I put the passion that I had. I realized that working for someone else, as you said, when we first started talking, it's, it's a comfort there. But being your own boss is a different kind of freedom, but also stress because it's never really nine to five. It's every day, all day. Sometimes people are texting me at nine o'clock at night and I have to have some boundaries on, you know, how I make that all work. But in the long run, I, the hours and the stress and the gray hairs that I get should be put into building my own businesses, right? And that's where I'm headed at this point in my life. I know that if I put in the same level of work that I've been putting in for the last 15 years on someone else's business, I know that I can do that on my own business. And, and luckily, the three have a commonality, right? So healthcare, holistic health, and travel. To me, those are all things that anyone needs to live a well-balanced life, right? Um, but... I feel like the, my recent success comes from learning that I need some self-care, right? I can't always be on. So I'm on a, like, I'm not really on a sabbatical, but I'm on like a slowdown where like I have to etch in my day some type of self-care because I can't run on fumes. I can't be a mom. I can't be a businesswoman. I can't be anything if I can't be those things for myself. So if I'm not 100%, I can't be 100% anything else I'm doing. So I know it's easier said than done, but self-care of some sort is absolutely vital for anyone who has their own business. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. You know, the self-care component is, is big for me. I talked about that in my book a little bit. Actually, the, the person who wrote that chapter will be on the show sometime next month. Um, but, you know, I, I, I found at least in my own life, I need to just have certain days where I don't book anything. 
Um, right. And there are days where I can, I'm notorious just packing every single minute, especially, you know, we live in New York. So right. everything is about, yeah, so from 9 to 10, you're going to do this, 10 to 11, 11 to 12. And every single minute of my day is packed. And then when I get to work, which is like my whole other thing, you know, right. patients are coming every, every 15 minutes. So that whole day is packed by time. By the time I get home, you know, 8, 30, 9 o'clock at night, I'm done. And, you know, there's no time for family. There's no time to actually have any energy to spend with Sonali or anybody else. So right. and recognize that I, I just need to take some personal time myself every single day, whether it's working out for an hour by myself or, you know, just taking an hour between uh, dropping her off or whatever else, just to say, you know, this is my hour to do whatever, whether it's going right. to be watching TV, whether it means just going for a walk, whether it means just taking a nap, reading a book, whatever, planning my own business, you know, whatever's going to be, but that's going to be my hour Every day, say, you know what, this is my personal time. And I wasn't always like that. I feel like I was so much, well, this is time. I got to use I got to use the time. Otherwise, right. I'm wasting the time. But it, I'm so much more productive when I take that time for my personal self. So when I'm actually doing whatever else I have to do during the regular uh, time frame of, of the day, I'm just more productive. I'm more efficient. I'm more effective. I'm, I'm a little more focused. So self-care is where it's at. Completely agree with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the phrase be more today has been something that we've uh, curated over the last uh, two years to mean so many things. It, it, it means different than people. It's it's that thing that can be more for your business or be more for you personally or physically, what have you. But for everyone, it's something different. And Soraya, you are number 71 on this wow. show to answer the question, be more today. When you hear the phrase be more today, what does that phrase mean to you? I think it means that you are, there's no other competition in this life but yourself, right? You, it's you against you, right? And every five years, two years, every year, you're a different version of yourself, right? So it's pushing yourself to be more than you are in that moment that you think you can be. It's like, I have a goal, I see it, but can I, it's not letting the self-doubt, it's not letting what anyone else is doing, it's not what the gram is telling you, what Facebook is telling you, it's you versus you. And you pushing to be more than you were last week or even five minutes ago. It's it's pushing yourself to the higher standard to, to go for what you want and not letting, most of the time it's yourself that's in the way of your success. It can be outside things, but a lot of time it's you. And I, it took me a long time to learn that I'm in competition with nobody but myself. It's me that I need to overcome in some things. And it's sometimes it's your, your, your fear of the unknown. It's your fear of change. It's being comfortable in a place that is not really what's best for you. Sometimes a little discomfort is what makes you excel. You know, pressure makes diamonds. So that's what I would say. Be more is, is you against you pushing to the higher Mm-hmm. Pressure does make diamonds. You're absolutely right. Listen, because you have so many businesses, where can people follow you and learn more information about the three businesses that you actually run? Okay, so if you're interested in having some consulting help, you can always reach out to me at ssfoy at ealgroupinc.com. That's our email address. And you can hit me directly there. Concierge, we kind of just go on a personal basis. For the Lux Escapes, you can go to our website, check out any vacations, look up pricing. That's at luxescapesforall.com. And for the CMOS, we have an Instagram page and we have a Shopify it's Tropical Sunshine CMOS um, on Instagram, and you can see our website from there. And it's great. You should follow us. We have every day I put a recipe, a health tip. I'm going to start making smoothie videos soon. 
Um, it's easy. It's really easy to be healthy, honestly, if, if you have the time. And, and even if you don't have the time, we have hacks for that. So follow us and get some good recipes. Awesome. I'm going to put all those tags in the show notes so people can follow those things. And definitely, folks, if you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to her pages, like her pages, and follow her because she's putting out so much great content for everyone who's trying to live a better, healthier life. So, Soraya Foria, thank you so much for being on the show. You are fantastic. Any final tips you want to share with listeners who um, are trying to uh, follow your footsteps in terms of consulting or trying to uh, look for travel places or just want to live healthier? holistic lives for if you want to start your own business of any kind just do it don't wait for everything to fall into place just do it i mean it doesn't take much to get an ein number it doesn't take much to start a business you really could literally do it on the internet you don't need any big announcement just do it just start it um the best way to start something is just do it it just starts with one press and play on one thing right um for the travel, call me, I'll help you. Um, if, even if you don't, Travel Advisor is a great way to find out about locations and, and read reviews. I think it's important to see what other people are saying about hotels and destinations. Um, travel insurance, the number one tip, please. Don't, it ne- literally never costs more than $100. For sometimes a family, it'll save you a lot of money in the long run um, by having travel insurance. And I want to say this, no shade to Groupon. Sometimes Groupon vacations are not what you expect. So work with the travel agents. In terms of the sea moss, try it. You might like it. I mean, people are like, oh, I don't like the taste. The taste we have is great. It's smooth. It goes into a smoothie. Even if you don't have time for a smoothie, take two spoons by mouth. You're good for the day. Um, so check us out. Thanks for having me. I'm, this was really fun. I'm glad I was able to. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, cuz. Appreciate you so much. And folks, you heard her say so many things. Uh, go out there and try it. Try it. Try it. I got a quote from today by Rick Hoven. Gunter is, it's not the unknown we're afraid of. We're afraid of letting go of the familiar. My cousin told you very, very poignantly, it's not about so much about giving up what you know, but going past that, going to the unfamiliar spots. She just told you her whole story, going through what she went through to get to where she has to be. And now she's doing three different things that tie together to make her life so much more enjoyable. Uh, and she's running them the way she wants to run them and helping people to live better lives, to experience life a little more uh, with more with more vigor and more enjoyment by traveling and to live healthy lives as well. So she's doing great things and just continue to follow her and you recognize her journey, not so much that it's textbook, because not so much about following the text of somebody else, but it's about following your journey to whatever you need to do to be happy. And I can see that, you know, just by seeing her explanation and her journey uh, from where she was to where she is now, she's definitely happier now than where she was before. So if you're in that same boat and you want to take that leap to, to get to where you want to be in terms of uh, taking that step in the unfamiliar territory like myself, like she just said, or for all of your folks, just, just do it. Just go out there and do it. Don't be afraid of what's happening and how you feel. It's going to be a little uncomfortable at first, but it's going to feel so much better on, on the other end. And that's our show for today, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 71. It's in the books. It is done. <laughs> and if you want to, as always, just follow us on Be More Today, bemoretoday.com for my book uh, on Amazon and on uh, other platforms as well. You can also be a supporter if you go to our pages and give us any kind of support. Or if you want to email me directly, drshawn at bemoretoday.com for any questions about fitness, physical therapy, and all things related, I'm your guy. As I always say, folks, have a good day, have a good night, have a great life, and continue to take your steps to greatness to be the best version of you. We will see you next week.